Welcome to CotiCast, the podcast for debate, discussion and analysis of issues related to geriatric and general medicine. And we've had a bit of a break from our podcast, so it's nice to be back. I'm Emma, and today we've got Christina and Nick. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, and today we're going to be talking about something interesting that, Nick, you found, haven't you? Yes, I have. I found, uh, so silver trauma is something that's becoming more um, uh, of a hot topic, especially in emergency care. We know that they have a conference every year um, uh, with uh, ED consultants who are taking a specialist interest in silver trauma. So trauma in um, uh, in our elderly population. Um, so I've come up, there's a safety alert just been released from the Royal College of Emergency Medicine about silver trauma. And there's some really interesting points to come out of it. And I thought we could, we could talk through a few of them uh, today. So the first point they're saying is that um, mortality at 30 days and six months post-discharge um, in patients, in elderly patients, uh, is up to 45% in patients over 90, um, which is obviously significantly higher uh, than our younger population um, and something we should be trying hard to, uh, to improve. So I thought the, the points that they come out with, so pop quiz for the first one, what's the most common, the most common mechanism of injury in the elderly? I'd say fall. A fall, yes. <laughs> Top um, marks. Yeah. Now, if you're a younger person who's had a fall, what's the height cutoff that they use to call it a, tra- a major trauma? Oh, I don't know, actually. Off the top of my head. But so I'd say like a ladder. Yeah, a ladder, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could a ladder or a high wall, yeah. So I think they say two metres tends to be the yeah. one that they would call. Uh, that's what I remember from my uh, A&E days. Um, but a fall less than two meters, so a fall from standing, standing yeah, yeah, exactly, in the elderly, um, is uh, classed as or should be classed as major trauma. So we should have, um, we should be looking for injuries more. And um, I mean, do and you guys ever see? We see that all the time. I know exactly. We? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever see uh, patients who just come in from uh, A and E to MAU with just a chest X ray, who then the physio picked up that they can't mobilize or yeah. something like yeah, that? Can't wait there. I've seen yeah. a few people with chest. Injury, like chest wall injuries that have then gone on to have CTs that have shown more significant things but yeah it, I, but it wasn't thought about earlier because as you say they just fallen from standing and it didn't yeah. seem a high impact mechanism and on the wards as well falls with yeah, that's know, unless something's gone horribly wrong are always going to be from standing height because I think you have to you have to remember that it's important to look for the for a court for a an injury as well as the source or the reason that they're falling because it's really important to do a falls workup so postural blood pressure ECG etc but sometimes when you're doing all that you forget to actually look for an injury don't you I think you're right I think we focus on that don't we especially as geriatricians yeah exactly yeah I think you're right I think you trying comes... to prevent them falling again yeah maybe not dealing with this fall yeah so you can look at the footwear after yeah. but let's, let's, let's <laughs> look at it yes exactly exactly okay all right so the next point that they've uh, they've raised is poor pre-hospital or ed identification of injuries as major trauma so what they're suggesting is that we need specialist um, emergency care doctors who are able to recognize major trauma in the elderly more and therefore arranging the initial investigations first yeah because it seems reasonable that if they've had a decent workup in A&E that they end up coming in under medicine as long as there's no significant injury. Would that be yeah. fair to say? Yeah. Or yeah. or even if they've got a significant injury under joint care between the trauma team but then geriatric yeah. input into kind of why they fell. Yeah. Now, the next point they've said is higher mortality and morbidity than in younger patients. 
So what we should be doing there um, is looking for more than one injury. So what are the two what two investigations do our patients tend to get from A and E? Chest X ray, hip X ray. Hip X ray, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. But I don't know, do you guys have a, a way of looking for injury? I don't know if that's really in my in my repertoire of investi- of examination when I first start. I think it's something I probably need to think yeah. about more, isn't it? I do a bit if a fall is the presenting complaint, I do think about a sort of top-to-toe bony skeleton review, yeah. but I, I wouldn't say it's a, an official no. <laughs> um, procedural review. So it's easily, it's easily missed by us oh, as well as, um, yeah. you know, as well as the specialists, so it's something I certainly need to think about mm. a little bit more. And also like looking under someone's hospital again, like yes. I've been caught out before and actually someone had extensive bruising over their, you know, their yeah, back, exactly. but you know, I've kind of been listening to their heart, have they got a murmur, yes. that made them fall, what's their yeah, pulse, exactly. and actually... Like, you know, I didn't, that wasn't the first thing I looked at for the injury, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then the next uh, interesting point is, um, what are the most, com- in trauma patients in the elderly, what's the most common cause of death? There's two. A hip fracture? Mm, no, no, interestingly. That's what I would have thought as well. So they've said traumatic brain injury and traumatic chest injuries. Right, okay. So they're the ones we should be looking at more. Yeah. Do we... Do you, we've had a couple of patients on our ward with uh, haemothorax. Yes. Mm. I'm not. How do you feel in terms of managing I mean, that? I, well, I was not going to say I don't feel confident in assessing for trust trauma, let alone managing it. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So things like rib fractures, hemothorax, small pneumothorax often yeah. end up with us, don't they? Because yeah. they don't necessarily need specialist input, but. Or we've picked it up later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would work. I need to perhaps have a little think about what kind of follow-up do these patients need after a hemothorax and what are the complications because I know you can get things like infected Mm. hematomas and things like that but I I wouldn't say I'm comfortable enough managing those things maybe that's something we should learn about. patients either need surgical chest strains or already have them in and what's the best place to manage that? So next point this is a really interesting one traumatic brain injury in the elderly presents with a higher GCS than in younger patients. Is that coming as a surprise to you? I suppose, thinking about it, they often compensate for longer because of a more atrophied brain. That is what comes to my mind, in that a young person with less room for blood to accumulate shows signs earlier. Yeah. But that's sort of just working from what I remember about, about you know, hemorrhagic strokes and things as well. Yeah. yeah. I think initially, like when you explain it like that, I think, oh yeah, that's... But initially I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. I would have thought it would be the other way around. Yeah, you feel like they shouldn't compensate for as long as a young person. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that that's... I mean, do you think that we're scanning enough people or are we scanning the wrong people? Mm. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. I think we are getting better at it, aren't we? I think the, the guidelines for traumatic brain injury... So at the trust I'm working at, currently they have a, um, a fast-track scan procedure yeah. so you don't need to discuss. Yeah. So elderly patients with... Um, and post-fall amnesia or, or un, uh, you know, an unclear mechanism of fall or unclear injury, they get a, a fast-track CT yeah. head. And I think as well, 
not that protocols are everything, but now in hospitals, even for inpatient falls, often for junior doctors mm-hmm. on nights, there is a kind of protocol yeah. to work through so yeah. things yeah. like this don't get, get missed yeah. as much. Yeah. Yeah. So I think probably we're scanning more people yeah. than we used to. Yeah. I think we're quite good on those on anticoagulants being yeah. quite wary of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think we're better at recognising mm-hmm. it, definitely. So that's a really useful one. I didn't really... I haven't really... I guess it doesn't come as a surprise, but it's a, an interesting one to read, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, and then another one. So... Would you be worried about a trauma patient who was 40 years old with a systolic blood pressure of less than 90? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we all They're would. They're bleeding somewhere. Exactly, <laughs> help, exactly. Help me. They'd get a pan scan, wouldn't they? Yeah. You'd get your A&E yeah. reg or You'd your A&E consultant. you get the trauma consultant. call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think exactly. You get the ITU would be the... The surgical you know, reg, ITU, A&E. Yeah. 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 So what happens if you get an 87-year-old who's fallen um, just at home, unwitnessed fall, would you be as worried about them with a systolic blood pressure of 105? I would be now. Yes, it would be <laughs> yeah. because I've led, I've, I've led the question. Yeah. But I'd, I, I would have been, you know, not necessarily as worried, you know, yeah. try and work out what's going on with their blood pressure as a cause for the fall. Yes, yeah. I think maybe I would have put it down as what had caused the fall. Yeah, maybe exactly. As a resu- rather yeah. than a result of the fall. Because, yeah. yeah. of course, they may run hypertensive yeah. the majority of the time. and whether it is medication or hypovolemia. Exactly, exactly. So that's us, you know, going straight into why they're falling. That's exactly how I would have, I felt as well. However, this is what the um, uh, the Silver Trauma Safety Alert says. A systolic blood pressure of less than 110 gives the same mortality as a systolic blood pressure of less than 90 in a younger person. So we should we, be... We need to take it more seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They should be up to category seen by the trauma team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's really, really interesting fact that and something I've... Uh, another learning point that I will take yeah. from it. Okay, right. So the points to remember from this are that the Royal College of Emergency Medicine have told us are so early trauma scanning, uh, anticoagulation reversal. I think that's something we're we're the not necessarily the first one, but the second one we're more comfortable with, aren't we? Yeah. And, and happy doing. Pain relief and hydration helps prevent delirium. I mean, that's a fairly mm-hmm. bold fact. Seems fairly yeah. obvious to us, but actually, yeah. you know. I, I sometimes worry about... It depends on the pain relief. It depends on the pain relief, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I do think that's... I think even us as geriatricians, we've got this big worry about giving people medications that might make them delirious, Mm -hmm. that we probably are under-treating people's pain a lot, and we're not kind of doing a disservice to our patients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, 15 of codeine in someone who's got pubic ramus might not be sufficient. Yeah, I mean, I need, you know, you'd expect to give a young or middle-aged person much more than that, but we're kind of... Yeah. Skimping for our elderly pain relief. Aren't yeah, we, absolutely, absolutely. So it's a minefield, though, isn't it? It's tricky. Yeah, it is. It is, and it, again, that's something that you know geriatricians spend a lot of time considering pros and cons of both, yeah. and that you yeah. know it shows that we should be, you know, maybe have more input in emergency departments. But the A and E doctors are, are yeah. becoming more aware of um, silver trauma as well, and uh, you know. And actually, where I worked before I went off maternity they were using a lot more of regional anaesthesia for mm. things like chest wall injuries and yes. multiple rib fractures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they were doing those kind of interventions on elderly people who'd come in like with these kind of traumatic mm. injuries to also to try and prevent, you know, giving them 60 of codeine or yeah. making them delirious and constipated and then yeah, yeah. in urinary attention and, and also yeah. to stop them getting pneumonia because they, yeah. you know, had better pain relief and were able to do a bit more deep breathing. And I thought, mm. oh, that that's actually something that I hadn't really, I wouldn't have routinely considered for these patients. And it yeah. made me think, oh, that's a gap where I've not been yeah. probably thinking about that. Because these guidelines, they're, they're phenomenal. They're really interesting, aren't they? But, you know, they've 
there's probably three or four specialties that all need to be involved yeah. in these patients and to get ideal care, don't they? Anaesthetists yeah. for, as you said, like how good, you know, I uh, had a patient when I worked in New Zealand who had an intercostal nerve block for a rib mm-hmm. fracture and it, you know, she said she was pain free and it was, yeah. you know, that's absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then the A&E doctors, geriatricians, because I'm not comfortable managing trauma, no. but I, could, we, I feel like as geriatricians we can help in potentially some of the aftercare and delivery yeah. management, etc. And then also the surgeons who would be a trauma surgeons yeah, who would be involved yeah. in this. So, Orthopedics. Yeah. And the last point they said, and again, it seems seems fairly obvious, but it's it, in A&E, in a busy A&E, especially as the med reg on calls doesn't mm-hmm. often, uh, uh, you know, sometimes goes missed, is patients and relatives' wishes need to be considered. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, yeah. something really, really important to take to take in uh, as a learning point there. And yeah. um, That was really interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was good, wasn't it? So yeah. I'll, uh, I might save that and try yeah. and put it in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'll put a few links up at the end of this podcast if anyone wants to have a kind of read a bit more in depth. But that was really good points. And there's also a, we'll put a link in it as well, there is also a Silver Trauma Conference, isn't there? Is yeah, Hector. Yeah, why don't, we, uh, why don't we put a link for that at yes. the end of the, conference, at the, yeah. end of the uh, notes? Mm-hmm. That's great. We'll do that as well. So thank you, everyone. So CootyCast is available on iTunes and the website at www.aeme.org.uk and please leave us any feedback or if there's any topics that you want us to cover in the upcoming weeks. And check us out on Twitter. Our handle is at elderlymeded. So thank you very much.